Welcome to Refirement Life, the podcast for anyone navigating life transitions or planning to make life transitions to ensure your next years are your best years. Listen in for insightful, generous, and sometimes humorous conversation. It's time to get fired up with Christine Zamuda and Muge Wood, your hosts for this latest episode of Refirement Life. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Muge Wood alongside with my amazing co-host, uh, Christine Zamuda. Today's uh, podcast will feature Dr. Tamika Greer, a longtime friend and colleague. Uh, and we are going to be talking about um, human resource development. Um, actually, uh, that inspired the title of our podcast today, which is uh, Thriving with Human Energy. Uh, I think, as we all know, human energy is fundamental to uh, making anything happen on this planet um, and the last few years have been nothing short of major um, opportunities and setbacks in, in the way that we work and connect with one another. Um, Dr. Greer has actually been um, doing research uh, as part of University of Houston in this space for more than a decade. So we are absolutely thrilled uh, to have Dr. Greer with us today um, to share her perspectives as well as some thought-provoking actions on how we can contribute for ourselves and those around us uh, towards the evolution of human energy so we can go achieve big things and also live uh, joyful lives. So, Dr. Greer, welcome. Uh, would love to uh, hear a bit of a background from you, please, um, an intro, then we will dive right into it. Sure. Thank you, Magay. That was an impressive intro already. Um, so as Magay mentioned, we have a long history. Magay was actually uh, the very first manager I had in corporate America back when I graduated from college in 2001. Um, and so we worked together in the consulting world, the busy corporate consulting world. And that actually wasn't the best place for me, I eventually found out. And so from there, I moved on to do some other types of things. So I focused for a while on training and development, specifically uh, software development, um, software training, and instructional design in that space, still in a corporate environment. Um, I decided then that an important aspect of building the life that I wanted would be to gain additional educational credentials. So um, around that time, I also went to graduate school and earned a master's degree, which helped me in that training and development and learning space. And then I, you know, just kind of following my heart and what are the things I enjoyed the most, I ended up using that skill set in an academic environment. So I became a software trainer, lead trainer um, in an IT department at a university. Um, and that really opened my eyes to kind of a different culture. That university environment was very different from what I had ex experienced in the corporate environment. Okay. And again, spurred on by the desire to continue to grow, continue to move towards things that, that gave me life that I enjoyed. And that inspired me to earn a PhD. So I actually went back to get a PhD. That's where I really started to develop my interest and my skill set around human resource development. And following the PhD, I was able to 
uh, earn a professor position, um, instructional position at the University of Houston, which is where you find me now. Um, and so I've been there for, let's see, this is my 14th year there. And I am researching and I am teaching and I am serving students in the university and and really loving every minute of that. Wow. Amazing. That's amazing. amazing. Tomika, if you stop there, that would be impressive already. But there's even more knowing you in the sense that, um, you know, we are absolutely honored to have you because you made a big transition going from corporate track to academic track and did it with great success. Um, And in addition to that, um, you have also taken on uh, the passion of Zumba. Uh, you're yes. a Zumba instructor with a big following and uh, including the pandemic with uh, with online classes. Um, yes. And you have a beautiful family uh, with two daughters. So um, uh, I, I, it's just, uh, you know, you're an inspiration. Thinking of you as our guest made me smile, you know, leading up to this point. We are absolutely thrilled. Oh, well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So- 14 the, years with, uh, as a professor and and being on campus does it does it keep you young how, how does it make you feel oh that is such a great question i like to think i'm young <laughs> although, <laughs> although of course i'm not as young as i used to be um i do think to some extent it does keep you young um being around people that are between the ages of 19 and 21 constantly um, it just it it keeps you to some extent. It keeps one foot kind of in their culture. Yeah. Um, and there's always times during class where we talk about, you know, I, I open every class with, so what's going on? Like that's my question. What are you doing? You know. Um, and don't talk to me just about school. What'd you do this weekend? What made you smile yesterday? You know. And and we open class with that. And so when they share what they do for fun and what their culture kind of does these days, that helps me to keep some kind of finger on the pulse of of what they're doing. Now, at the same time, that sort of highlights that I'm older than them, but it's also really fun to to kind of engage with that every day. So Absolutely. I would say yes, keeps me young. <laughs> yeah. that, that is such an amazing question, Christine, because uh, I personally feel like stepping foot on a college campus brings additional bounce in your step. I am uh-huh. uh, I have two kids in college and I'm one of those parents who stay on campus long past after the parents weekend is over <laughs> yes. um, because it's uh, such a you know, youthful, vibrant energy. Um, yes. Not to mention, I feel like like uh, it makes you a little cool. You, you know, I always ask my kids what video games they are playing. So I know what's in, what's out, what music they are listening to. Yes. Um, and uh, it is it is incredible. Um, so go ahead, Tomika. One thing I want to say about that point, McGay, just stepping on the campus, that's what it was for me. That's when I knew that was the direction I wanted to move my career in. So when I was first in corporate America, I was very, very young, 22, 23. Um, And it just never felt really right. So one of the things that I did was I took up an adjunct teaching position. I taught math at a community college for two years while I was still in corporate America. And every time I would go on that campus, it just felt like I belong on a college campus. This is such a cool environment to be in. And so that's that's kind of one of the things that that propelled me in that direction is just 
how I feel when I walk on a campus. And that, and it's true to this day too. Yeah. Wow. That that's a great life lesson there is do the things that make you feel good. And they mm-hmm. actually, some of the research that I read has said that we are feeling people before we are thinking people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So wow. it's interesting well, that you made that, that real special connection so early and then followed it. Absolutely. So, cause our bodies, our bodies, even when we don't think cognitively about what's going on or how we're feeling or, or what an environment does to us, our bodies know. Mm-hmm. You know, so even a person that's running themselves ragged in a high power co- corporate job or whatever, they may be like, I'm OK. You know, I sleep seven hours a night. I eat balanced meals and I get all my work done. I'm OK. But your body may sense and tell mm-hmm. a different story, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a it's that whole mind body connection that's so important in propelling us towards where we need to be in life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is that is so true. And uh, I think what's so impressive, um, Tomika, in the story that you just shared is you felt what gave you energy and you followed through. You had the courage and conviction to follow through. You did your master's, you did your PhD while raising a family. Yes. Um, so that that is, um, uh, you, you know, really impressive. So uh, what I am wondering is um, I'm wondering about a lot of things, but let's let's start with this, um, you know, your body of uh, evolving work and research on human resource development over more than 14 years. Uh, what are the trends that you are seeing, yeah. um, especially in recent years? We are continually disrupted by um, life events as well as technology. Um, what are you seeing? Yeah. So I will say when I first really started studying and, and living in this field, um, A big focus at the time was really the learning piece or even just training, right? Uh, There was a time when human resource development was really just thought of as training. You're teaching people how to do stuff so they can do a job, right? And what we see now is there's so much more to being able to do a job um, and have a successful career and have a successful organization than just the training piece, right? And so what we see is kind of training and development is is still a core piece, but we're building other things. We're building like the ability to manage change and the ability to engage our workers and satisfaction in life, satisfaction at work, um, the ability to create synergy, right? And so, you know, because we're taking people all different backgrounds, all different perspectives, creating synergy from that in order to uh, make our organizations run smoothly. Um, the other, another big piece is, is the idea that we're looking at different perspectives. So the diversity um, that we're embracing and really trying to create inclusive workplaces, right? Culture is now such a big piece of the human re- uh, resource development landscape as well. Um, So we're just seeing like, you know, the core being this training and development piece, but building so much more on top of that in order to have, you know, these thriving organizations and people who are thriving in life, thriving in their careers. And um, 
I, I get excited about all of the opportunity that has yet to unfold, right? As we're moving towards, um, you know, personal well-being. Uh, there, ah, there's just so much. Looking at the individual experience as well as still trying to maximize the effectiveness of our organizations as a whole. Um, yeah, yeah, there's I, so much. I, I think it's also gotten a lot more challenging for people in your seat, right? Because there are so many moving parts. Yes. There, there are so many um, interesting dynamics that are going on both with diversity and inclusion and culture. I, I think it's 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 ironic when you know you see large corporations right sizing and saying that culture is so important, but the first people they let go are the people who are running the culture programs yes. at yes. their company, right? And then on the learner side, you know, some of the research says that the more personalized you can make the training, the um, more, uh, I, I guess, impactful that training is for, mm -hmm. for people taking. And that, and that makes sense, but it, it's hard to meet people where they are when they're coming from all different backgrounds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always say human resource development is both a science and an art for that reason. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a science in the sense that we have processes that we follow in order to, you know, create change in the workplace and to institutionalize those changes and to identify opportunities and, you know, develop our employees. Right. We have processes that we can follow, but each individual situation is an individual situation, right? So it requires that art, artistic piece, maybe a little creativity, maybe a little innovation in order to really achieve the results and the goals that we've set for our people and our organization. So it's both the art and the science in that way. Very, very much so. I, I think, uh, you know, Tomika, the points you made about um, engaged workforce um, to help uh, tackle world's biggest challenges and how important yeah. it is. I think we all have been in um, cultures, organizations um, that are inspiring and some maybe not so much. And, uh, you know, you can have the best strategy and execution tactics on the planet, but unless you have engaged and healthy workforce rallying behind it, it's next to impossible to demonstrate sustainable results. Um, and yes. sometimes I, I, I and, and I think, you know, I am encouraged on one hand by the developments we had in the past uh, couple decades on the understanding of human energy in the sense mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. work and life are intertwined. One does not stop when you come to work. Your life is still your life and vice versa. Um, you know, I used to uh, be in an environment long time ago where, you know, you didn't put your family pictures on your desk because it showed uh, less commitment. Um, uh, mm -hmm. You know, if you said you need to go pick up your child from school, that uh, meant maybe you are not going to be promoted to partner. You are not partner material. Um, there were instances where women were not allowed to wear pantsuits. Yes. Uh, I mean, all of those things were real. And, you know, a couple of decades later, I think we made a lot of progress on those fronts uh, and much more progress is to be made. Um, so to your point about being hopeful and excited about what is yet mm -hmm. to unfold. I, I, I totally, um, I totally appreciate that. So, um, 
Tomika, I would also be interested in your perspective. Let's dig a little bit more into this, which at times can be uh, a checkbox exercise, but also uh, uncomfortable, uh, but much needed. Let's talk about um, how to cultivate uh, true diversity and inclusion and what mm -hmm. you see for that dimension in the role that it plays for human resource development. Um, I, again, I've seen a lot of good progress, but I've also seen it fall off the plate when the economic conditions get tough um, and uh, it gets overlooked and that's a shame. So what yeah. are you seeing in this space? So I, I thank you for that question. I, I do want to comment on what you said just then, just this evolution that we see of organizations starting to recognize the person as a holistic person, right? right. So we are not in ourselves divisible like mm -hmm. I am the same person who is mom. I am the same person who is Zumba instructor. I'm the same person who is professor. Like we have whole lives and I think we are seeing a movement towards recognizing the holistic person, even in the workplace. With that said, holistic persons have multiple identities. And that's really at the core of this diversity, equity, inclusion, um, belongingness, that that movement that we're, we're sometimes seeing some momentum in organizations with that. And so that's what I really think it's about is recognizing the whole person. Right. Mm -hmm. Recognizing the unique perspectives that they bring because of their background, because of their previous experiences. Right. And recognizing how that then informs what they do in the workplace and what they bring to the workplace. So there is definitely a need to value differences and different perspectives. Right. And so we see that this is super important, especially in recent, recent years, like since the pandemic years, right? And we see more and more companies, employers, at least saying that that is something that they value, right? I do think we have a long way to go in terms of knowing how to do it, okay? Mm -hmm. Because it really starts with the mindsets, of the people. And it's hard to teach a mindset. So training, it's hard to train someone on how to be inclusive, right? So we have to start with policies. Mm -hmm. We have to start with processes where we have experts go through those processes and help to identify any biases in that, any underlying assumptions that may harm certain people in the organization, right? So we're looking at people holistically, we're developing policies um, and, and processes that um, reduce bias, okay? And then we still have that piece about mindset. And so it becomes important to find a critical mass of people that really believe in mm -hmm diversity and, and the value of that in organizations, right? And then it starts to change the culture and then hopefully the mindsets of the people within that. Ideally, we're going to reach a point where so many people are on board with it that if you're not, you just, you can't even work in that environment because it, mm -hmm. you know, it almost selects you out of it, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think there's still some work to be done. I think at the at the core foundational level, it's about valuing people as whole people and the experiences that they bring to them. Yeah. 
to the workplace. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember at, at Microsoft and Muge, you took this course too, the unconscious bias class. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, it was phenomenal. And I wish for all of corporate America that they would do the class in the same way. It was really, really well done. I think it was game changing for me as an individual. And I still keep it with me in my everyday life, mm-hmm. you know, as I'm mm-hmm. walking through and you know, you understand that your brain pulls out 420 pieces of of data when you're meeting someone and looking at them. Is it, you know, is that person a, a friend friendly or a threat? And just like letting your experience talk, but then also quieting your brain mm-hmm. and being understanding that you have biases. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think that can be so important for people who are. I mean, there are a lot of people that don't realize um, what their unconscious biases are. So just for that awareness piece, I think that can be an important step in moving towards a truly inclusive workplace. So, yeah, that is um, that is just such a a great point. Um, Diversity, inclusion related matters, but life in general, I think when we talk about training our mind um, Mm -hmm. and being mindful of managing our thoughts uh, in productive ways so we can be our best selves, it is a lot of work, but it is worth investing. Um, So, you know, we are talking about um, life's transitions. Some of them evoke some positive emotions, some of them negative emotions. And when uh, the negative emotions come flooding to our heads, which are inevitable, you know, how do we manage and get, find our way out of that? So mind is amazing. And, and yes. Tomiko, you touch upon the mind-body connection as well mm-hmm. and how we first feel people instead of, um, you know, coming out with the signs and the facts. Um, it is it is a lot of work, but it is uh, also amazing what, what our brains and minds can do um, and investing in that. Um, so, Tomiko, you are a researcher. You're an educator. You spend a lot of time with your students to cultivate the leaders of the next generation. Um, What are ways by which you engage with your students and how is that evolving as everything else around us is evolving? Yes, yes. So, yeah, students are central, obviously, to the business that I work in. Um, And they give a lot of, first of all, they give a lot of life to my career because Again, like like Christine was saying, it does keep me young. It keeps me um, in the know of what the young people are doing. But there is so much um, gratification in being able to engage with them and work with them. So some of the things I do, um, we have a, within my department, we have an undergraduate research lab. And that's one of my favorite things to do because We work with a lot of first-generation college students, a lot of underrepresented ethnic and and racial minorities at the University of Houston. And that is my pleasure to introduce them to the culture of um, college and that kind of thing. And one way we do that is through this undergraduate research lab. So bringing them in and giving them opportunities to engage in activities that they never dreamed that they would have an opportunity to do, making it accessible to them and making ourselves accessible to them. So I really, really try to reduce that um, 
any perceived uh, power distance between me and the and the student, right? Certainly keeping a boundary where I'm the professor and you are the student, but also eliminating that power, <laughs> power difference in that, hey, you can come talk to me anytime about anything, right? School related or not, right? And so it's, in, again, seeing them as a holistic person, right? Not just as a student, but all the other myriad of things that they have going on in their lives. Taking interest in that, talking to them about it, sharing with them my own personal experiences, which I think also helps to uh, manage that power distance um, so they feel that they can talk to me. You know, I'll share personal experiences so they know that it's relatable, what they're going through, I can relate to. And not only that, look what, um, you know, that experience that I've had now has turned into this, right? So keep walking this road, be encouraged, right? Um, so it's those personal connections with the students. It's taking students who have grown up with very little opportunity and exposing them to all the things that this life has to offer. And then my reward, of course, is those light bulb moments and those um, emails back to me that says, hey, I'm doing this now. And it's because we talked about this that one day and I was encouraged and I was inspired, um, whatever the case may be. So yeah, it's about making those personal connections with them in any way that I can. That is, uh, that's amazing because um, I think that is so critical, not only in academia, but everywhere we go. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you use the key phrase, reducing the power distance, being approachable um, to really get to know the individual and have as tailored approach as you can to help people achieve their potential um, to the extent possible. Um, Christine, you were about to uh, jump in, I think. Yeah, I was just going to comment, Tamika, on on how your face lights up. I wish our oh. viewers could see that. I mean, just the joy that is in your expressions when you're talking about your students, when you're talking about being in service to them. It's it's amazing. And I think for anyone who has that little spark that they think they could be an educator or want to explore it, I mean, the rewards are all over your face when you talk ah, about Ah, yes. It. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So I'm glad it shows. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, it absolutely does. That uh, means you have uh, found your purpose and passion, which is uh, which is amazing. Um, so uh, one one thing, um, Tamika, I'm also interested in your perspective is um, on the back of this, um, you know, great ongoing uh, research and evolution. What are uh, maybe a couple ways by which you would suggest we can invest in human energy in ourselves and those around us? Uh, it could be helping the youth to stay on the pathways that are most meaningful to them, but also the ongoing growth um, that we need to continually invest in our ourselves, um, especially during transitional times uh, yes. that are inevitably um, placed on us, either uh, by choice or not. Um, so uh, what are some, um, you know, helpful ways by which that you think this can be navigated as artfully as possible? Yeah, so, so much to unpack there, Mugay. Um, one thing that, that comes to mind is this is an excellent opportunity for me to talk about my Zumba journey. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I hoped you would mention that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so I have to I always tell people that, you know, in this type of conversation, 
you have to identify the things that you enjoy and follow those. I think so often people become consumed with the things that they're not enjoying or the things that are problematic in their lives. And I I was listening to, I don't even remember what podcast it was recently, but the person, whoever it was, (laughs) said the thing that you focus on grows, right? So if I'm always thinking about what I don't like about my current situation, that magnifies, that grows, it makes it harder to really find the things that bring me joy, Mm -hmm. right? So focus always on the parts of your life that bring you joy. Find ways to magnify that, right? So that's always my um, advice there. So that brings in my Zumba situation, right? Um, So Christine mentioned that my face lights up when I talk about my students at the University of Houston. Boy, oh boy, does my face light up (laughs) when I talk about Zumba and and the people that take Zumba with me and just the community that we have around that one thing that brings us joy. And that is being in that group fitness environment and dancing. That's what we do, right? And so for my whole life, I've loved music and dancing and anything related to combining those things, right? I've always loved to do that. And some of the toughest toughest times in my life, I didn't have that. I wasn't singing. I wasn't dancing. I wasn't listening to music, right? But being an Exuma instructor requires me to do those things at least four times a week. Mm-hmm. I have to go do it. And it's the best, you know, it's the best parts of my week. Um, I love the relationships we have there. I love the the activity that we're doing. I love the the way I see them smile as a result of what we're doing together. Like that brings me so much joy. I follow that. And guess what? It follows me into the rest of my life, right? All the other aspects of my life are more enjoyable because I focus on things that bring me joy, right? So even if, let's say I'm doing a task that is not super exciting or I'm in a job that's not super exciting, right? When I have those periods of joy that I'm focused on, it makes that less painful, the parts that I don't love, right? Um, And then as for transitions, always work, always move towards the things that bring you joy. You'd be surprised at how that shapes your life overall in all aspects. Yeah. And how many new doors open, right? As a result. It's amazing. I never thought I would be where I am in so many different aspects of life, but I have always, always just focused on the things that I enjoy doing. So, wow. I I think that is so powerful, um, Tamika. And um, I I think as we wrap up, that's probably such a fundamental um, perspective uh, for us to reflect on and honor knowing 
and recognizing what brings us joy and following that path. Sounds yes. easy, simple, and uh, fundamental, but we know life also is like an obstacle course. Um, yes. uh, so, uh, but even if we may not be honored, what brings us joy all the time, full time, even finding uh, maybe moments of joy sprinkled, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it is still better than not doing that. Um, and uh, I am a huge fan of uh, group fitness classes, especially Zumba. I personally experience the joy the community the unity it brings mm -hmm. um and thank you for being part of that i need to come um uh, take one of your classes uh zumba classes and yes. uh, i think uh, i may end up uh, signing up for your classes at university of houston as well so um uh, <laughs> I, I may need to experience some of that uh, vibrancy in uh, multiple ways so i love um, it yeah, I'll but, get you a University of Houston sweatshirt so you can sit yes, right in with I, the kids. I think so. I think so. I, and I'm like, um, and a backpack. You know, a backpack. Yeah. Too. Can, can I pass as a student around here? So you can absolutely. <laughs> yes. I think Muge um, 2.0. Um, I, I think we are crafting it as we speak um, because that's the kind of inspiration um, uh, Tomika, you and Christine uh, provide. So that's that's awesome. Um, I'll visit so, you and find the keg party. How's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. And and you know the other thing is I feel like uh, you know I I um, had engineering degree. I was just going after every scholarship known to men and you know charter my path to prosperity and all that stuff. And I. Feel I feel like I didn't have enough fun, you know, during my yep. college years. So uh, I need to go same. remedy that situation. Yep. I was the same engineering major, very focused, very, See? you know, focused on that finish line, right? Getting that yes. degree, getting that job. Yeah, I was, I was the same way. And I'm still focused, just focused on the things that I enjoy maybe a little bit more than engineering. Yes, yes. Lic <laughs> license to find and follow joy. Let's yes. let's just give that to ourselves. Yep. And that's what gives you that human energy that we thrive on, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so important. So important. Um and, and I think uh, you know, we charge ourselves continuously and we feel that uh, when we yes. honor it. So um, this is uh, incredible. Um, Tamika, it has been our absolute pleasure uh, to host you and hear your perspectives. Um, and um, thank you for your candor um, in sharing uh, the opportunity and the challenges uh, and the importance of joy that can be embedded in all that we do in small and big ways. Yes. yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was a and, pleasure. And in, in wrapping up, I'm, I'm so happy to see you're at the helm of teaching our next HR professionals and, and helping them have the right uh, foundation, because I, I've found that there are two types of human resource professionals, some that are just amazing and change your life, and the others that are not human or a resource. Yeah. <laughs> so I think now... Nice. I think now I'm going to see that gap change and uh, we're going to see a lot more um, really, really um, just well-prepared students yes. under your, your guidance. Uh, just totally enjoyed the conversation and look forward to uh, staying connected. Thank you, yes, Dr. Greer. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Till the next time. Thank you for listening. Our hope is to spark a little joy, inspire, and educate our listeners in ways to live an even more meaningful life. 
If you have reactions to share from what you've heard, please visit our website, refirement.life, to leave a voice message. You may even be featured in a future episode. To keep in touch, subscribe to our podcast, Refirement Life, using the podcast player of your choice. Always remember, you are never too old to set a new goal or to dream a new dream. Thanks again for joining us on this episode. Until next time.